0: Hello music enthusiasts, welcome to Sound Encounters, a music podcast where I explore new and classic releases, different genres, and your favorite artists and bands. I'm your host, Cesar Torres, and thank you for joining me for another Encore edition of Sound Encounters. Now, if you just started listening to this podcast, then uh, you're like, what's Encore? I, what does that mean? Uh, it just means that I am re-airing... Or, doing a little rerun of a podcast that I did before and this podcast has been going on for about like six months so I have a a small selection of episodes that I can choose from but I'm sort of giving myself a break in between the last episode I recorded to uh, the new episodes that I planned for 2021 which I should be airing in about two weeks. I have another planned uh, encore edition for next week and then after that we'll get right back into our original programming i guess you can call it now but i am very excited to share what i have in store for you guys but of course this is the encore edition so let's talk about what i have planned for today so we will be re-listening to my segment of abstract hip-hop what is abstract hip-hop and the five albums that i presented in this episode and i have really one main reason why i'm choosing this episode this segment i should say for this week and that is because one of the albums that i say you should listen to in order to uh, get a feel for the genre is mad villainy by mad villain which of course is the legendary collaboration with mf doom and madlib and i recorded last week's encore intro and outro Just after I got the news of MF Doom's unfortunate passing. And I really wanted to bring it up. I I really wanted to talk about it. But I I figured that I can re-air the abstract hip-hop feature that I did. And I could talk about him here. Um, And it's it's a lot of what you've heard already. I, I think I've made... Yeah, I did make a tweet about it. He was an extraordinary rapper artist, producer, and I I really got into his music with Mad Villainy. And since his passing, I've been putting on a lot of MF Doom, a lot of projects that I I neglected to listen to. Um, Believe it or not, this is uh, the first time I've heard The Mouse and the Mask, his collaboration with Danger Mouse. But yeah, talk about an unexpected event. Just a disheartening events i (laughs) it's funny because when i heard that he had passed away i just didn't believe it i i just thought that oh man this is some sick elaborate joke and of course i found out through the instagram post that was made on the mf doom account and yeah i i just didn't understand what was being said i think i was in denial um but of course when it started to when the news started to to set in uh i kind of deflated for the rest of the night and everyone was talking about it everyone who who loves hip hop who who loves mf doom and his work and i was just i was just sitting back at my desk thinking there's i i can't believe this and and after i heard that he passed away, I, I immediately put Mad Villainy on my turntable and blasted that record because it's it's such an important record to me. It was one of the first hip-hop albums that I heard that, that truly connected with me and, and really got me into hip-hop and then, of course, Abstract Hip-Hop and, of course, uh, MF Doom and Madlib. And that record is just so concise i think i say in this episode the the abstract hip-hop episode that i have never heard a more meticulous rapper and and to this day i have never heard a more meticulous rapper and he had such smart wordplay complex lyricism and if we move away from his mc work he also produced amazing beats and instrumentals and you can really feel his impact once you realize how many contemporary hip-hop artists just reference him and say that he was an inspiration. It's it's still disheartening thinking about this news. So I do have something planned. I, I do want to cover MF Doom in an episode of Sound Encounters. Um, eventually, the first episode back, the first new episode back, I should say, will not focus on MF Doom. I think the first couple of episodes back will not focus on MF Doom. I already have all these other episodes planned out but this gives me time to really dig into his discography really explore his work and and I do eventually want to cover MF Doom. I just won't cover him right away so uh that's this is like the main reason why I'm re-airing the abstract hip-hop uh feature because I do talk about Mad Villainy which is I think right now my favorite MF Doom project. I also talk about other abstract hip-hop artists. I talk about Quasimodo. I talk about Jabba's Palaces. I talk about Dialect and Earl Sweatshirts. So this isn't as MF Doom-centric as I'd like it to be, but of course I am planning a more MF Doom-centric episode later down the line. Later, it, It'll happen uh, within the first three months of 2021. But for now, I do want to air this segment because, again, I do briefly talk about Mad Villainy, but, you know, past Caesar talks about other noteworthy abstract hip-hop albums, so give those a listen too. And without further ado, here is What is Abstract Hip-Hop. Hello and welcome back to Sound Encounters. Before the break, I mentioned that I was going to talk about abstract hip-hop and what that is, so now I'm going to do that. When we talk about abstract hip-hop, we're talking about hip-hop that does not adhere to the conventions of the genre. Lyrics are more focused on abstract ideas such as existentialism or social institutions and not about bragging, although there are some bragging songs that are pretty good, just not my favorite. Rappers tend to use more metaphors and their word choices. On the production side, they tend to use more unconventional beats, and the flows end up bordering on spoken words sometimes. Generally, there's more experimentation seen with records and artists that are labeled as abstract. I slowly got into the genre with contemporary abstract hip-hop. You can kind of also label them as experimental. They're kind of one and the same. But I got into the genre with artists like Death Grips, JPEG Mafia, and Danny Brown. We're not going to be talking about these artists, though. I'm going to go back in time and talk about albums that influenced the genre then and now. And so here's my list for five albums to get you into this genre. Number one, we got Mad Villainy by Mad Villain released in 2004. Mad Villain is the legendary collaboration between rapper MF Doom and producer, multi-instrumentalist, and rapper Madlib. This was my introduction to Daniel DeMille's music, He's MF Doom, and ever since I listened to Mad Villainy for the first time, I've been hooked. I've never heard a more meticulous MC than Doom. His verses demand close attention as you could miss these complex rhyme patterns or a hilarious double entendre. A great example of his masterful lyricism is on accordion, like the Dick Dastardly and Motley line, or the needles line where he references Doritos, Cheetos, and Fritos, or my favorite, slip like Freudian. Your first and last step to playing yourself like accordion. And holy fuck, his flow here is unmatched. I remember replaying the song at least twice after I heard it for the first time, because I was so impressed with what I had just heard. Then there's Money Folder, where we see another great example of his complex word choices. In the second verse, he says that he wrote the rhyme off of two or three heinies, and we are left to assume that he means Heineken's. But then in the next line, he flips it, and he says one black, one Spanish, one Chinese, referring to the other use of Heine. I also like the little production gag that Doom sets up for Madlib. Like when he says he brings his own microphone so that he can rap to you in stereo. And then Madlib proceeds to play the left channel, only the left channel, making it mono, not stereo. Or at the end of the first verse, after Doom raps, I don't think we could handle a style so rancid. They flipped it like Madlib did an old jazz standard. And what follows is a brief jazz instrumental before the second verse starts. This duo is just so good together. And while we're on the topic of Madlib, let's talk about how much he compliments Doom on this record. Madlib's production is tight and focused, and songs never feel underdeveloped, despite most of them being around two to two and a half minutes in length. Madlib produced these beats by searching through like the $1 crates at the record store And because of that, we have a lot of these idiosyncratic samples popping up all over the record, like the steel guitar arpeggio loop and the Frank Zappa sample on Meat Grinder, or how the beat for all caps was created by using opening songs from cartoons, or that famous accordion loop on accordion. just just so smooth. Madlib also pulls Double Duty as his rapper persona Quasimodo on both Shadows of Tomorrow and America's Most Blunted. We'll talk about Quasimodo in just a little bit, but God, if you haven't listened to this record, pause this podcast and listen to Mad Villainy, truly one of the greatest hip-hop records of all time. Number two, we have The Unseen by Quasimodo, released in 2000. Like I just said, Quasimodo is Mad Lib's rapper persona. And yes, I have Madlib twice on this list. Uh, deal with it. If you couldn't get enough of his production style after listening to Mad Villain, listen to this. I love his floaty and comfy jazz samples mixed with his usual bass-heavy beats, and he pretty much crafted these songs like he did on Mad I'm thoroughly impressed at what he's able to make with his collection of records. Return of the Loop Digger displays his disdain for bland production, and he really talks about his creative freedom. A skit interrupts the song after the first verse where he's talking to a record store clerk and the clerk doesn't recognize the artists or albums that Quaz is looking for. The store doesn't have the exact print that he is looking for. And it just goes to show that he's uncompromising when it comes to his artistic vision. And I think that's very admirable. He goes more in depth with his influences on Jazz Cats Part 1 as he names like Cannonball Adderley, John Coltrane, Thelonious Monk. Bill Evans and countless others. You can tell how much of an inspiration Sun Ra is to Madlib as there are a lot of references to Sun Ra's music all over this record. Madlib names drops Sun Ra on Jazz Cats, he names two of his songs after two Sun Ra songs, Astro Black and Discipline 99, and pretty much after listening to this record, you're just like, "Oh, I should listen to Sun Ra. I really want to listen to Sun Ra now because Madlib is you know, talking about Sun Ra a lot, which if that's his intention, then, you know, he played it smart. More highlights include Bluffin, which samples a piano riff from a song by American jazz pianist Ahmad Jamal. Green Power starts with a sample from a Bobby Lyle song, who is a soul jazz and jazz funk artist. This sample sounds like a song you'd hear on, like, the boot up screen for an old school gaming console. Boom Music has to be my favorite song here in terms of showcasing his production style record scratches, a sample of what sounds like a xylophone. The hook is comprised from a sample by Diamond D and the psychotic neurotic song. Try saying that fast 5 times. And there's a loop of a guitar chord which sounds very psychedelic. I should also mention here that Madlib was doing shrooms for a month while creating this album, and whenever you hear something psychedelic on this thing, He was probably tripping. Alright, so one more highlight before I move on. I want to talk about low-class conspiracy. Madlib comments on racial profiling and how police treat black people and, and how they demonize them on this song. They're always finding a way to accuse them of something that they didn't do. I love this track because of the commentary here, but also Madlib is given an opportunity to flex his storytelling skills. He paints a vivid picture of him and his friend's getting in a car, smoking a joint, and getting pulled over by the police. There's even a police siren sound effect that plays when Madlib mentions the police. It's a very immersive track with great production as Madlib takes this sample and loops it to sound like it's stuttering. It's so freaking good. This record is just brimming with creativity. And if you liked this record, I highly recommend his other work with Freddie Gibbs. That's his most recent work or Madlib's Shades of Blue. Really, I can't get enough of Madlib's work. Okay, at number three, we have From Filthy Tongue of Gods and Griots by Dialek, released in 2002. Dialek is a New Jersey group. The lineup hasn't really stayed consistent over the years, although Dialek, the MC, is a constant since the group is named after him. When this particular album was recorded, the lineup was Octopus on production, Still on turntables and Dialek as the MC. This is the second studio album by Dialek. These three craft a bleak and oppressive listen, both lyrically and musically. You can tell that this group was inspired by industrial and noise music as they create these jarring and sometimes nightmarish electronic soundscapes. For example, the album opens with spiritual healing, which has this harsh distortion that has this disorienting swirling effect to it. We have other odd production choices like Untrampled Brethren, which fuses a rap beat with Indian Raga, and Forever Close Your Eyes with its soaring guitar feedback and shimmering keyboards, and the 12-minute cacophony of dissonant sounds on Black Smoke Rises. I was caught off guard when this song came on. I wasn't expecting this atonal ambient soundscape, all the while dialect raps like he's reading a free verse poem. I can definitely see this album, especially Black Smoke Rising, inspiring Artists like Death Grips or JPEG Mafia or Clipping with all its noise and abrasiveness. While the production on this record is certainly worthy of praise, you gotta give it up for Dialect, whose verses add to these dismal environments. He criticizes religion, specifically Christianity, and how conservatives will bend lessons and values from the Bible to fit their needs. Going back to spiritual healing, Dialect points out how to people of different ethnicities, God has a different skin tone. Like the black god the brown god the white god the most popular god he points out the hypocrisy of those who are pro-life and how concerned they are about an aborted fetus but then criticize or chastise parents who go on food stamps or welfare to feed their children he also mentions that black people are still discriminated against and are seen as subhuman when abraham lincoln freed them during the civil war or the paranoia of dealing with false facades in everyday life on Speak Volumes. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the lyrical content of Black Smoke Rises. My interpretation is that he's taking an anti-religion stance, as he does through most of this album. Why live in fear of a god we might not know is actually real? Why be a slave to sin when we can enjoy this life to the fullest with its earthly pleasures? And possibly my favorite line, and this entire record, Why Question A Life Only Borrowed. If you liked this record, definitely listen to two following records, Absence and Abandoned Language. Dialect is truly one of the kings of abstract hip hop. Okay, so moving on to recent releases in the abstract hip hop genre, we have Black Up by Shabazz Palaces, released in 2011. This is their debut album, and Shabazz Palaces is fronted by Ishmael Butler from Dickable Planets however he goes by Palisir Lazaro on this record he's the vocalist for this group and the instrumentation is handled by Tendai Baba Marire you don't know how many videos I sifted through with interviews with Tendai just so I can get his name right and this record was produced by Knife Knights. this is an album that takes aim at the music industry and what Lazaro calls corny rappers one of my favorite songs here is Ya yeah, You where he does exactly that. His main criticisms are that rappers will do anything to be famous and become wealthy. Lazaro is really caught up on rappers and artists sacrificing their creativity, their art, to create something streamlined and make a quick buck. He also talks about this on the second track, An Echo from the hosts that profess Infinitum. This album has a lot of lengthy track titles. But on this song, he's telling rappers They are slaves to the music industry while he remains free to do his own thing. And then on track 5, Eulogy, he reminisces about a time before hip-hop went mainstream and became trendy, and before the industry took advantage of it and made profits on rappers and their music. To take this many shots at the industry, Shabazz Palaces better be on their A-game, both musically and lyrically. And boy, do they pull out all the stops for this record. Not only are Lazaro's versus fire, but the production is incredible. I love the transcendental strings and the stuttering piano keys on Are You Can You Where You Felt, and how that morphs and adds some energy with its more defined drum beats and more eloquent string section. Or the opener Free Press and Curl, which has this dense dance beat along with these hypnotic vocal samples that go like "Ooh." It's an impressive opening track that gives you a real feel about what you're going to listen to. It's a jazzy, glitchy, hypnotic, and otherworldly listen, and really no one else is sounding like Shabazz Palaces right now. And the fifth and final record that I'm going to recommend to you is I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside by Earl Sweatshirt, released in 2015. Earl made himself known while he was in the hip-hop collective Odd Future with his friends. He also got a lot of hype from his debut mixtape Earl In 2010 and ever since then he's become this alternative hip hop darling but that's just the problem he doesn't want the fame he tends to shy away from the limelight and earl keeps to himself and he hates dealing with fans there's a video of him knocking a phone out of a fan's hand you can go check that out this just goes to show just how much he doesn't like dealing with them but i'm getting off track his attitude and his demeanor is reflected in his music. I Don't Like Shit is a dark and depressing listen. Production is anemic and gloomy as he raps about depression, his misanthropy, and his battle with anxiety and drugs. Tracks like Off Top and Grown Ups delves more into his aversion of other people. Like, he clearly has trust issues, as seen on Off Top. Somebody comes up to him and asks, how are you doing? And he immediately questions their intentions and Grown Ups continues this theme of trust issues and his skepticism of others. Production on Off Top complements his lyrics as the drums are blown out and the pianos are gloomy. Fawcett is a bit lighter, even if the atmosphere is still murky. On this track, he mentions that while he's distancing himself from his friends and family, even referencing a fight that he might have had with his mother, he's trying to make the most out of his numbered days. The fact that he's even thinking about death and rapping about it is a bit off-kilter. While the lyrics are interesting, I'm more intrigued by the instrumental detours that he takes on this project, while also sticking to that drab and depressing mood. It fits where Earl is at, because when you are dealing with so many things at once, your mind tends to be at a lot of places at once. A great example is Grief, which is one of the coldest songs I've ever heard Earl produce. The song's foundation is this ethereal ambience, which I find relaxing, yet he includes these heavily manipulated drum beats and ghastly vocal samples that makes the song eerie. Earl was in a very dark place when he wrote this song. He was ordered to stay at home by his doctor because he was suffering from medical exhaustion. That feeling of isolation and depression started to set in for Earl, and damn, the beat sounds like what isolation feels like. I can't imagine a better song for right now because we're all staying at home because of coronavirus a lot of other odd production choices on this album that i love is the organ on huey or the psychedelic guitars on mantra or the vaporwave esque am he released another album in 2018 titled some rap songs which have these shorter songs that are like reminiscent of mad villainy honestly his production is pretty close to madlib's production but of course with his unique style and his unique take on beat production so those are my five essential abstract hip-hop albums what do you think of the list is do you have any favorites on this list did you think i might have left out an album that might have fit the albums that i chose here what are your favorite abstract hip-hop albums and bands and rappers and i don't know why i said bands but rappers and artists let me know again you could send me a voice message on anchor there's still a whole lot of abstract hip-hop out there. Might make another list in the future because I've really been on a binge of abstract hip-hop music. There's Death Grips, JPEG Mafia, Danny Brown, Clipping, some of LP's production on Run the Jewels, is I would call abstract, especially the latest Run the Jewels record. And hey, even LP himself with his solo work and his work on Cannibal Ox, you know he has a lot of abstract shit too. But yes, please, tell me your thoughts i'd love to hear your picks your favorite artists and rappers this has been what is abstract hip-hop all right so that is it for this encore edition of sound encounters i'm very curious to hear what your favorite mf doom projects are but what other abstract hip-hop albums do you love i think oh man i've been listening to a lot of hip-hop recently and Especially MF Doom. And I am looking forward to seeing what is your favorite MF Doom project. Or you can just talk about abstract hip hop if you like. Uh, Talk about the albums that I talked about, or you can tell me what albums that I should have included on this list. Because I do feel like I I want to touch upon abstract hip hop again in the future. There's a lot of genres that I'd love to explore again that I've already covered, but of course, I'm gonna explore new genres and artists in 2021. But if you want to tell me what your favorite MF Doom project is, you can let me know on social media Twitter and Instagram at Sound Encounters. Uh, you can reply to me, you can at me, you can, I don't know, DM me. <laughs> I think my DMs are open. Or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash soundencounters or soundencounters.com and leave a voice message and I'll feature your message in an upcoming episode of Sound Encounters. You can check the podcast description. There'll be a link that'll take you to where you need to go to send that voice message. We've got one more encore episode to go before we start rolling in the new 2021 episodes. If you wanna hear a specific feature that i did in the past you can also let me know on twitter on instagram on anchor and i'll cover it and i'll give my behind the scenes a look at this particular segment because i like to do that please let me know if you've got any thoughts on what i should cover next long live mf doom and i'll see you next week